Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse with two women who can't remember anything. I'm Vicki. And I'm Ken. This is Doug with the credits for Warehouse 13 webisode series, Grand Designs, chapters 1 through 10. Series created by Jane Espenson and D. Brent Moat. Webisode chapter 1 and chapter 10, written by Benjamin Robb and Derek A. Hughes. Chapter 2, Michael Jones Morales. Chapter 3, Snea Course. Chapter 4, Ian D. Maddox. Chapter 5, Mark Franklin Williams. Chapter 6, Joseph Brock. Chapter 7, Joseph Brock and Michael Jones Morales. Chapter 8, Ian D. Maddox and Mark Franklin Williams. Chapter 9, Snea Course and John Paul Nickel. Live action directed by Ian Baird. Animation directed by Andrew Seckler. Original air date, July 23rd, 2012. Please note, the following episode contains spoilers for the entire series. We recommend not listening to the episode unless you have viewed the series. So we're back with Warehouse 13 Grand Designs, Episodes 1 through 10. And this is the second Warehouse 13 webisode series. The first, of course, is of Monsters and Men. And we covered that a few months back, but it could be longer because I don't have any sense of time. It seems like it was a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the artifact of the week from Warehouse Wiki is the original Warehouse 13 diorama. It transforms the warehouse into a two-dimensional version of the original version of itself. Located on aisle YYZ2112, it can only be deactivated by inserting the key and turning it, much like a lock made into an artifact by the destruction of the original Warehouse 13. Did we know the the original Warehouse 13 burned down? Did we know that? I thought we did. I don't remember. I'm, now I'm thinking I should have known that. It was one of the episodes that we did. They talked about the fire. Yeah, and I probably should have known that, and I just completely forgot. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm guessing that this web series would have fit time-wise into the third season because they have the dog. Right. And Stephen Claudia found the dog in season three, episode seven, Past Imperfect. And that's when Micah finds her old boyfriend's murderer and Stephen Claudia pretend to be from the Antiques Roadshow. Right. Yeah. But there's no Steve in this episode. Spoilers. Spoilers. So it could be later on around the Walter Sykes period when he quit and then died for a while. Oh, okay. But we do have Lena. And does Lena die? Yeah, she does. I mean, I know she dies, but she dies, I think, during the whole Walter Sykes thing too, right? Or after. She dies with the brother, whatever his name was, whole thing, right? Yep. All right. So it had to be sometime before Lena died and after they found the dog. But I'm going to guess it's around the... Walter Sykes period of time because Steve's not in this one. Okay. As anyone would predict, as soon as Lena and Micah start talking about what a nice quiet day it is in the warehouse, you know that all hell's about to break loose. Mm-hmm. And so Artie's yelling at Claudia for bringing her car in the warehouse. But I mean, if she didn't bring it in the warehouse, how could they have done a car commercial? Right. Although this didn't seem as bad. The last one seems more car commercial than this one. And maybe I'm just not remembering it. Yeah, I want to say, because I, I kept on saying to myself, oh, didn't they do one earlier when she got the car? Right. Yeah. Because I already wanted to drive it. Right, right. That's right. 
And then in another part of the warehouse, Pete is broken something while playing football with the dog. And nothing seems to go wrong or blow up because of whatever he broke. But then Trailer brings him some kind of key with Roman numerals 13 attached to it. He sees a box that has the same markings and reads the card that really doesn't tell him what it is. But it just says that it's a conceptual model for display and do not activate. So Pete puts the key in without turning it, thinking... I guess that turning it would activate it, which I guess that's probably what I would do too. Cause what else would you do with it? Uh, sometimes as soon as you put a key in, once the key goes in, some, there's another mechanism. I want to say where the head of the key hits. So, I mean, I would have just put it on top of the box to be on the safe side, but we're talking Pete. See, but I had such a problem at the end with already just putting that on top of the box. Yeah. Like put it somewhere safe or hang it up so people know that that's where it belongs. If it falls or the wind blows it or if the dog takes it, people know that it belongs on this hook and not in the lock. It bothers me. It bothered me at the end that that's all he did. And there's no instructions to say, it just says don't activate. Right. Yeah, I would put it on top of the box. And like you said, the lock turned by itself once he put the key in. The box opens and inside is a diorama of the warehouse. But it begins to spark and Pete tries to close it, but he can't. He and the dog run and the diorama shoots lasers or lightning and the entire warehouse is turned into the diorama. So Artie, Claudia, and Lena are transformed into steampunk paper doll figures, flat figures as well. Pete and Trailer are also made into paper dolls, and they show up, and Pete tries to blame Trailer, but as soon as Artie hears and mention the old box, he becomes concerned. Did you have paper dolls when you were a kid? I don't know. Do they even sell paper dolls anymore? Yeah, they do. You can still find them. They're rare, but you can still find them. Oh, I haven't seen them in years. I wasn't even sure they sell them, but, but that's what they reminded me of, the paper dolls we used to have. Yeah, they remind me of a toy, kind of like the box where the pieces were magnetic, or say you had a paper dial and you used, remember when you used to push it to make the arms go up and down? Yes. Yeah, it was kind of on that line because you could see where the, what do they call it, like the stud is or the hole punch in their arms and stuff. But they used to do it in like back in, I want to say like medieval time, not necessarily puppets, but they were flat figures. And I want to say they were metal. Either metal or wood back in the day, but I want to say metal. And then you pull the string and the arms went up and down. But that's reminding me of something else, too. Just the way you're describing it is reminding me of something and it won't come to me. Oh, well. Okay, yeah, I get that. So Artie says that whatever's happening is, and I quote, the brainchild of Thomas Edison, Nikola Tesla, and M.C. Eschner. And then he says, welcome to the original Warehouse 13. So Micah points out to them that the first warehouse burnt down, but Artie tells them that this is the way it was before the fire. He tells them that the regents hired the three to design the first warehouse, and the regents asked for, air quotes, a proof of concept. So this is what they built. It was kind of like a working model of what they wanted to build. So when it was activated, the diorama took over the present warehouse. So now... Obviously, they have to find it and deactivate it and get everything back to normal. And we even have a little mention of Fargo in this episode. Yeah, it was cute. 
Yeah, when Claudia is describing what they have to do, which I didn't write down. I'm going to put a clip in because there was just too much science or whatever for me to figure out what they were saying. Pete, the warehouse and everything in it, present company included, has been transformed into a massive two-dimensional scale model. All right. When the Regents hired Thomas Edison, Nikola Tesla, and M.C. Escher to design Warehouse 13 the first time, they asked for a proof of concept. But what they got was an elaborate mechanized diorama showcasing their plans for the warehouse. And when somebody, not trailer, activated that model... Warehouse 13 1.0 superimposed itself on the current OS. When did I start sounding like Fargo? And if we don't reboot it back, being stuck in 2D will be the least of our problems. Okay, so if we just neutralize the thing, then this all goes back to normal, right? Precisely, but first we have to find it. So if Pete has no idea of what aisle he was in and where the diorama was but they figure trailer will be able to find it. And I never understand that because he found his way back to where the rest of them were. So how could he not know where he was? Pete? Yes. <laughs> I'm talking Pete. Yes. I'm kind of doing that with a question mark. Pete? <laughs> it's Pete. <laughs> Sorry, Pete, but it's Pete. <laughs> yes, true. So just then something like an earthquake hits and already realizes that trailer can sense quake activity. And that's why trailer's been barking. He's been trying to warn him. So he and Claudia use the periscope to look for the pyramid. The pyramid is glowing, which concerns already even more. The original warehouse was powered by three different power sources, one being the pyramid. They were taken offline because they were too dangerous. So if the pyramid has been activated, it means that the other two sources will be activated as well. So there's a whole explanation about how the crystals that power the pyramid have to be in complete balance or the pyramid can cause an earthquake of epic proportion. Um, so they decide that Lena has to go to the pyramid before they look for the diorama. Already tells her to take trailer to vouch for her, but doesn't explain what that means. The Anubis shrine harnesses the vibrations of green moldavite crystals and converts them into energy. But in order to function properly, those crystals must be carefully balanced. And if they're not? More bad. Mm, yeah, imagine an 11.0 on the Richter scale, and then multiply it by 10. 110.0? What? Lena, there's no way that you'll get to the artifact in time. We must shut that pyramid down. Can you... I'm on it. Take trailer. He'll have to vouch for you. What? Trust me. And luckily, Claudia has her car in the warehouse, so she could drive Lena to the pyramid. And then I had a problem with all this, too. The computers are all down. So Artie forces Pete to actually read the manual to find out how to activate the diorama. But the internet works in the car. Because the car is not part of the warehouse? Well, that's what I was wondering. Is, Is it because it doesn't really belong there? Is that why it keeps its internet? That's what I'm thinking. And then some cars do have that internet in itself. I think there's some cars that have the internet. Right. And this probably does. But if everything in the warehouse doesn't work, the car's in the warehouse. So I'm wondering, like you said, is it because it doesn't belong in the warehouse? It doesn't belong in the warehouse. That's what I was wondering. Maybe it's just that it doesn't belong there to begin with. Right. It's not connected to anything to the warehouse. It's just in it. Yeah. That makes sense. Anyway, Claudia opts to stay outside in case of trouble while Lena and Trailer try to find a way in. Trailer barks and the door opens and they get inside. So I don't know how Lena knew the trailer's the one who got her inside. Is it because the things on the side were dogs? That's what I'm thinking. Is that what they were? They were dogs. So Lena and Trailer get to this sarcophagus. I can never say that. And rebalance the red crystals and they all turn green. The pyramid is deactivated, but the windmill, another of the three energy sources, has now been activated. So 
So meanwhile, so far, the only thing Pete does discover in the manual is that MC Escher um, designed the warehouse to fold in on itself. So we know that's going to mean something later, and it does. Lena is heading to find the diorama while Artie informs them that all the power sources are active. And the latest being something inside the gooey, as Claudia calls it. So Pete and Micah head to the windmill, and Artie and Claudia head to the gooey. And the gooey is located where the hydroelectric generator would have been in the original plans. So it wasn't actually the gooey. It was something that would have been there or should have been there or was there in, in the original warehouse. But because it's on the same spot, it's making the gooey activate. Because it's activating, it's creating a lot of purple goo that will eventually flood the warehouse. So Claudia puts on one of those old-fashioned diving suits and dives into the goo to try to shut it down. Claudia is able to shut down the process, but gets trapped in a whirlpool around the drain. So none of the controls are working above the goo because there's no electricity. So Artie uses the Farnsworth to shoot something inside of a panel, which allows him to pull a lever to stop the drain. Pete and Micah take the zip line to the windmill. Pete read in the manual that the staff from Warehouse 10 were the ones who snagged and bagged the windmill. Lena and Trailer come across a fire on their way to find the diorama. The fire is blocking their path to the diorama, which they can see from where they're standing. Artie feels the heat, and when Lena tells him about the fires, he seems to know what's happening. Or rather, he says he should have known this would happen, but doesn't tell us what's happening. Pete and Micah arrive at the windmill and have to dodge all of the flying objects coming their way. Pete read that the windmill runs on a bunch of gears and that all he has to do is gum up the works. And he's pretty confident in his ability to gum up anything. <laughs> True. Pete decides to let the wind take him to Charles Atlas's boxers and they'll keep him from flying away. So now I think we've seen these before. I believe so. And that was the comic book superhero episode, but but I think he used him again for some reason. Oh, oh, the one with Claudia's sister when she was in the park. Oh, yes. And he needed those to walk or Micah used them to walk. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. He grabs Micah, who is flying away because she lost her grip on the wall she was holding on to. While Pete is carrying her, she realizes that the boxers also increase strength and tells Pete to throw her into the windmill door. Micah gets inside and finds Don Quixote's lance, which she uses to jam into the gears to stop the windmill. That being taken care of, they all notice the fire in the floor vents. Artie, Claudia, and Lena pull up to pick up Pete and Micah to go to the layman fornax. They find a wall. Artie realizes that everything behind the wall did not exist in the first warehouse, so they wouldn't have known to use it as a power source. Artie sends Micah... Pete and Claudia to find a pepper mill that will help them get through the wall. They find that it's burnt, so they continue to look for anything else that might help. Pete gets a vibe. A movie of a train starts to play from the movie camera Pete bumped into and activated earlier. The train becomes real and bursts right out of the movie. They bring the camera to the wall and let the train crash through it. They have to control the temperature of the Earth's core to stop the fires. They have to reconnect the Layman Fornax, which is used to heat the warehouse in present day and does exist on this side of the wall. This should stop the fires from starting. Lena and Trailer go to try to contain some of the fires. Pete and Micah are sent to the Layman Fornax. So we've seen this Fornax before too, I think. 
I can't remember the episode, but I think it was all part of the Brother Adrian thing. Do you remember, do you remember, if, I, if I'm not making it up, do you remember Pete sacrificing himself because he knew he wouldn't be dead in the correct timeline or something? Part of me wants to say yes. I kind of remember them standing on that grate. Yeah, I remember right. that part. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember when, but I remembered that grate. We did see it before. Okay, so that's apparently the Earth's core, and if and they use it to heat the warehouse, like we said, but it got disconnected somehow, and that's why fire there's fires everywhere. So they have to reconnect it to stop the fires from popping up. Artie and Claudia head to the warehouse coolant system. They need that to be ready the moment the warehouse is back online or they're all burned. Pete and Micah begin cranking the wheels to reconnect the Lehman Fornax. At the same time, Artie and Claudia get the coolant system up and running, which freezes and cools off everything in the warehouse, putting the remaining fires out. Before they could get back to neutralize the diorama, the warehouse begins to fold in on itself, which we knew was going to happen. So they're in the car using the GPS, which for some reason works, and probably because we said it doesn't belong in the warehouse, so it works. Anyway, walls keep popping up in their path, but Claudia, complete with a don't-try-this-at-home disclaimer, jumps the moving walls and makes it to the diorama. Artie closes it and deactivated it with the key, and everything goes back to normal. And Artie just lays the key on top of the diorama like it's nothing important, and that still bugs me. Artie twists Pete's arm when he wants to continue to play football inside after everything that happened. Everyone drives away to get back to whatever they were doing before all of this happened. Pete and Trailer head outside, even though it's raining, to play football and the diorama sparks. So we don't know what that's supposed to mean. So what did you think about this episode? I liked it. It was cute. It just reminded me of um, kind of like a puzzle box. Yeah. I think it was cute. I don't know if I liked it because it was good or if it's just that I missed warehouse 13 at this point but <laughs> apparently there is a bonus scene between chapter 7 and chapter 8 that we didn't see 8 started with them driving to the wall before they knew there was going to be a wall just where they left off in chapter 7 so I'm guessing that whatever was in between was just more car commercials since they were in the car at the end of 7 and the beginning of 8 although I did see Edison, Tesla, and Escher in the credits, so maybe there was a flashback of them or something. Well, I guess there's any accomplishments that they have made and brought to the industry, so I guess they would get credit for it. That's what I was thinking. No, I mean the show credits, where they list the actor that played the part, and they were actors listed. Oh, they did? Must have missed that. Yeah, they did, so I wonder if the bonus episode had a little flashback of them. Oh, I didn't see that. I know, there was a bonus episode that we didn't see. The version that we just watched didn't have the bonus episode. Apparently when it originally aired, it aired in seven episodes. That's why you see all these title cards all the way through. And whoever made this video just put them all together. So there were supposed to be seven, like one minute episodes, two minute episodes. I didn't really time them. But apparently there was a bonus episode between seven and eight that we did not see in this version, which like I said earlier, must have been in the car because they were driving in the car at seven and they were still driving in the car at eight. So there was probably some car commercial, I imagine. And I'm going to guess that maybe there was a flashback or something of Einstein, Tesla, and Escher. Oh, you think it could have been them. Oh, okay. I see what right. you're saying. But we didn't see it, whatever. But I did like it. Like I said, I think I just, I missed Warehouse 13. So it was, it was fun to watch it again. Yeah, it was. 
And then I was looking because I knew they only did two webisodes. But then I saw something listed about an interactive comic book, which I would imagine is sort of like a webisode. And I don't know if it's still around or if anybody can find, if they can find it, but I read something about it. It was removed from the internet. So maybe, you know, somebody has a copy of it or something, but I mean, that would be a good episode to do if I could, if I could find it. I don't really even know what that would be like. They're calling it an interactive comic book, which I can't even imagine what that is. Right. Because it's online. So you have to be able to watch it, right? I don't know. <laughs> but so for now, like we said, we'd come back with any kind of warehouse content that we find or Friday the 13th content that we find. And eventually we're going to be over on the Eureka Rewatch podcast doing another series at some point in time. And if we come across something Warehouse 13 related or Friday the 13th related, we will always come back to this um, site and do a bonus episode or episodes, depending on what we come across. So it was fun doing Warehouse again. It was. We haven't gotten to do anything except for that other web series in a while. I didn't realize that I missed it until I started writing everything, until I started taking the notes, because Friday the 13th was a long time. I haven't been far enough away from that to miss it yet. Yeah. But Warehouse, we've been far enough away from, I think. Yeah. So maybe some of the rumblings on the internet about it coming back will come to fruition. We'll see. I know. Love to get peed on a podcast, though. Yeah. Like I said, we'll be back at random intervals. And if we find another series to do that relates to Warehouse and Friday the 13th, we'll be back. So don't unfollow the podcast because we will be back randomly, even if we don't find a series with any content that we find that's related to Warehouse or Friday the 13th. So we'll see you later. See you later. Okay, DC, what do you got? Thank you for joining us. We'll be back. See you next time. Happy New Year. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Please remember to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse, on our website, the 13th Warehouse.com, on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our new theme music, Inspirational Motivation, provided by Skillcell, Pixabay user 229 313 514, free for commercial or private use.